Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the podcast series, Reimagining Mobility. I'm here with Arka Dutta from Fuel Cell Canada. He's the testing manager for us there. Arka, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit, testing. So many different things can be understood under testing, and now we're talking fuel cell or specifically fuel cell stacks. So tell us a little bit, what is it that you do? What is it that you're responsible for? Yeah, so um, we are here located in Vancouver, Canada, in Burnaby, which is the hotbed for uh, fuel cell testing and fuel cell applications uh, worldwide. So uh, we jokingly call this place, like the Silicon Valley, we call it the PEM Valley, like <laughs> PEM fuel cell valley. PEM Valley, very good. I like so it. We have, uh, you know, very, very, all our team and the testing team and also AVLFCC in general, there is a lot of highly, highly experienced people and very well-known people um, in, in the fuel cell industry. So here in um, Canada for testing, for in within AVL, we are the only um, um, affiliate who does fuel cell stack testing. So we do fuel cell, PEM fuel cell stack testing from the smallest level we call subscale, which is a portion of a fuel cell going up to a full module. So all that testing is done through here. Um, and it's mostly R&D and very, very specific customer application testing. Yeah. Very good. So so in the PEM Valley, is, is testing, sometimes testing, I feel, in the mobility space, maybe more in the traditional passenger or heavy-duty truck space, I feel at times testing is some of the somewhat the, the poor ladies and gentlemen that get a device, get a product, get a complete vehicle or or a component and say, okay, sorry, I know you had six months planned, but now you only get two months. You know what? Get it done. Is that the same in the Pan Valley or is that uh, not quite the same? Yeah, I mean, uh, testing is testing. There are like, you know, different kinds of testing that could happen. So one is you already have a product and you're just testing it for QA and stuff. The testing that we do here is very like um, in the initial phase, mostly R&D testing, which means we are testing next generation R&D application uh, uh, fuel stacks. So for example, we we often say here that now we are in land, air and sea because most of our customers now, our applications go on from, um, it's it's so exciting because you know it's passenger vehicles, trucks, commercial applications, marines. We are working with like a large OEMs and um, flight applications, mm-hmm. even outer space applications. So these require for very very specific conditions. You know, like a condition for a flight is very different from a condition that a vehicle is operating and so on. Mm-hmm. So the testing here is very very tailored and directed towards what the application is. So it's. I would say I'm very excited. It's very exciting. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. It's good. I, I can see. I can see and feel and hear the passion. So that that is awesome. So tell me a little bit in, in testing, right? In, in traditional testing that we do at AVL, that, that OEMs do, that suppliers do, it's it's oftentimes obviously heavily driven by by equipment that either excites or energizes devices by by measuring equipment, taking more and more data that we're then analyzing trying to accelerating age testing, uh, durability testing, environmental testing. Tell me a little bit when you're talking about fuel cell stack, again, from the smallest, maybe the membrane, all the way up to the complete stack, the complete system. What, what are some of the tools that, that are you using? Yeah, so uh, firstly, 
you know, we are located together with um, our partners, Greenlight. So Greenlight, as we know, we are actually in the same uh, same uh, building even, which in itself is a very interesting fact because how many companies around the world have a state-of-the-art lab besides a state-of-the-art testing equipment manufacturing yeah. facility. So Greenlight, as we know, they are right now the, the largest um, and the most trusted um, fuel cell testing equipment manufacturer who is an which is an avial company right and avial has like more than 60.5 years of experience doing testing equipments and power cranes and whatnot so this is like a perfect marriage so we are just besides each other all our testing equipment obviously then is coming from green light and from avial uh, which is well known like standard in the oem world so we are using AVL automation systems such as Puma, Concerto, Cameo, et cetera, tagged along with very trusted fuel cell testing equipment, which is coming from Greenlight. And uh, so not it's not just about offering testing, but also about if we want to do a new kind of testing, which is not available anywhere else around the world, we, can, we are tying along with Greenlight to get those sensors, those equipment specially designed for AVL to be the, the first company to have access to such kind of precision equipment for testing. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, yeah. So if you look generally speaking in the in the automotive space or even in the mobility space, right, the big buzzword is how can we <clears throat> transfer physical testing into the, into the virtual world, right? Almost in some cases, we have some customers that are trying to go almost 100% virtual or, or digital. Uh, other ones uh, have a clearly different, more maybe balanced, and other ones even more extreme. They want to stay with the much more physical-based testing. Tell me a little bit, what do you see happening over the next five years, specifically as it relates to fuel cell stack testing? Are you going more digital with more sophisticated modeling capabilities or models, or is it always going to be a balance? Or are you saying, no, for stack testing, it really has got to stay all in the, in the physical? That's a very good question, actually. Like that's happening all all around in all the different kinds of testing. So similarly, also fuel cells are um, kind of going in that direction. The only caveat being fuel cells, although they have been around for uh, for a long time, but it is only like a buzzword from the last five ten years, I'd say. Especially mm -hmm. when uh, some main scale manufacturers such as Hyundai, Toyota came out with their own passenger vehicles and then people, okay, fuel cells, but it has been around for, for longer. But because of the mass adaption now of uh, especially EVs and then the problem with EVs with long range and whatnot, fuel cell has come on much more strongly recently. With that, obviously, most traditional uh, OEMs, they want to have uh, as much as possible move to the virtual world so that they can do modeling and everything else. Similarly, in fuel cells right now, the, the thing is we don't have, in the industry, there is not as much data available as you would have for, for a traditional testing engines and transmissions. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the data we are building that, so based on that, as you get more data, the models get more sophisticated and more precise. So yes, there is a large move in that direction, and especially Avial having that whole um, data set that from the industry about what um, um, operation, operating conditions traditional OEMs operate. Um, plus, the fuel cell 
operating conditions, we are combining these two in models. So even, even before we start testing, all our testing is based off modeling, which is also done in Vancouver. So we use the modeling data and then start, as, we, as I mentioned previously, from single cell MEAs in subscale, characterize it, and then see if the data matches what the model is telling us. And as we go, as we collect more, more data, we are uh, making our models more precise. Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry for the long answer, but, uh, but, the, good. but the traditional OEMs, if they are using a known um, MEA, known application, known fuel stack, then it's easy that you would have that data from, from, for that model, and then you can go ahead and use it in your whatever testing you're trying to do. But if it's a new complete set of, let's say it's an AVL, um, um, AVL stack, a stack that we designed a, a data, Surely we can provide models and uh, data based on that. But if it's a new one, then firstly, um, the customer, they would probably need to create, get those model data, and then later on use the models to do to, to their use. I hope that answers. It's, it's not very straightforward, but yeah. No, no, it's good. It, it, it's, it's good. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I think the listeners and viewers will, will get it as well. So let, let, me, let me add on to that a little bit. I mean, the, the big thing, I think, generally speaking, with fuel cell stacks or fuel cell vehicles, right, is the, the life, right? How many thousands of hours of operation is a, is a stack going to last or going to be able to operate at, at, at the, uh, the characteristics that it is when it first comes out, right, before degradation starts, et cetera. And I know we're going from 12, 15,000, pushing us into the 20,000 and more, Generally speaking, testing, what, what are what is the fuel cell stack customers that you're dealing with or we're dealing with? What are they mainly interested in, in, in testing? Is it is it the durability? Is it the, the, the consistency of the of the output or the, the efficiency and performance? Is it uh, EMC related uh, operation? Is it uh, environmental? How well does it do in hot and cold? All of that? Shed a little bit light on that. Yeah. Um, uh, once again, that's, I think that's an interesting question because as I mentioned that what's interesting is that different customers that we are working on are working in completely different applications. Mm. So the requirement that, uh, let's say, a commercial uh, truck manufacturer has versus someone who's trying to use it on a spacecraft is completely different. But that's also interesting uh, because we have um, developed um, over over the over the years a few of our own stack designs. Gen, uh, we call them um, not very creatively Generation Zero, Generation One, and so on. Everybody does it that way. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about a fancy name. <laughs> yeah. So, so our our stack designs are basically a platform for us to offer our customers who who can base off our technology mm. and base it off of that. So, for example, a commercial uh, manufacturer, truck man, uh, truck uh, dealer, his his goal or their goal would be mostly how can I obtain a, a, a large uh, durability lifetime plus also have a very good power density um, and long range um, consequently. So essentially fuel cells, one of the reasons that it's coming in place right now is many people often confuse that, well, EVs are coming in, then why fuel cells? Well, essentially fuel cell is an EV, right? So it's generating electric electricity and then you have electric vehicle. But the problem with the modern day EVs is, as we all know, the range anxiety and the, 
the, the, the, how long can your vehicle travel? And that's when a fuel cell comes in, when you have very, you have a fuel cell and you have a, the same amount of <clears throat> fill up time with hydrogen as you would with have a traditional vehicle and you could go over a, a thousand kilometers. So that, for example, is a key element for a commercial truck manufacturer that how can he have the least amount of um, um, cost and the maximum amount of range that he could use. I would say it really depends on tailor-made for what they are expecting, but uh, essentially like a, like a traditional bat, uh, battery system, it starts degrading the moment you start it, uh, start using a fuel cell, but then we think you have good enough life for about 10 years, depending on what your application is. Uh-huh. On the other hand, like for example, quickly about the aircraft uh, industry. So we have had many requests and we are working on many interesting projects where we would try to reduce the bulk because weight is a main factor for them. and does EVs are not suitable in such applications because you want more range, so you want more battery, you want more battery, you are increasing weight. And it's like a you go go around in circles. So one of the requests that we often get from customers right now, and we have been successfully able to um, offer them to some of the large OEMs around the world is, how can we have a fuel cell stack design and a system which is less bulky and essentially more light at the same time offer you good degrees of efficiency uh, while doing that. And it has to be, for example, air-cooled and so on. So yeah, it, it really varies from the different applications. Okay. If, if you take the different applications, so to lead or to add on to that that you just mentioned, I mean, we're, we're involved, right? Involved from anything from a stationary fuel cell-based power system to fuel cells for heavy-duty trucks, passenger vehicles, marine application, rail application, airplane and, and space applications, really anything that moves and even traditionally stationary produces power. What is the most exciting thing that you've that you've tested over the last six months in, in any of those fields or in one of those fields? Just which one was the one where you say, oh wow, this is this is pretty cool. I haven't done this or this is really unique or a super exciting. Maybe share one of those those cool or exciting stories. Yeah, um, well, I can definitely say that every time I think, well, this is cool and exciting, soon enough something else shows up. So <laughs> it's it's quite it has been quite a, quite an exciting uh, uh, um, testing that we have been doing in the past. One that I could point out that we are rec- we are currently working on is with a large. Um, 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 OEM for airplane application and uh, what we call like a dead-ended testing in which we are trying to uh, you know offer uh, test our own stacks actually and see what the performance is like and what's the efficiency when you have um, um, you know you have essentially closed off like it's dead-ended so you're just flowing gas and there is it's not coming out the other end mm-hmm. so that testing was actually we didn't have that capability in our um, test lab and they required this testing to be done really, really quickly. Um, we, as I mentioned in the beginning, having green light besides us and we just next doors. So we quickly had chats with them and we discussed what we could do to help our customers on that. And we were able to modify our test bits really quickly. And we had our own stack design. So we had the models that you talked about previously, uh-huh. what we could expect. And this was interesting because we ourselves hadn't tested it, uh, our our own stack in such a condition. And um, we were able to modify the test bits, create test procedures, run these tests, um, um, 
create, I mean, even test working environment scripts and everything to do that testing. When we got the results, the customer customer was really happy that we could do it like so quickly. But on top of that, it was also cool for us to know like how our stack was actually performing in such a condition. And we were actually quite surprised that it was performing quite well. So, <laughs> so that was quite interesting. I think, uh, I think that's a great example, Arka, of, of technology, leadership, ingenuity, flexibility, and adaptability, right? So that's great. So maybe, maybe to wrap this up, last question. What do you see in, in your specific department? And, and again, testing, right? What do you see changing or what do you see as a major challenge over the next three to five years as it relates to specifically fuel cell stack testing? Yeah, that's, um, I think in my opinion, in, in fuel cell stack testing, like any other testing, essentially you would, um, you would as, as newer fuel cells and more fuel cell adoption is happening, there are two things um, which you know happens in all testing in general. One is newer materials and more advancement in material science brings up more kinds of uh, different kinds of materials which you would and could need different ways of testing, creating different operating conditions. That is always a challenge, but also is quite exciting on how we can offer that. But the second thing is also which is somewhat less talked about, I think, is essentially uh, electrolyzers are also coming up quite uh, mm-hmm. around the world. Many governments and many countries are adopting that quite quite some. Like you said, fuel cells have the capacity when combined with electrolyzers is to be like in itself provide electricity off the grid in many places. So many countries are actually investing quite a lot in their electrolyzer testing, which is essentially like a PEM a fuel cell as well. Um, so one thing that we see catching up quite a lot is um, helping our customers out and ourselves also in the electrolyzer business. Um, so that one, along with new advancements in material sciences and MEAs and stuff. So we hopefully able to support our customers with that, that, that I think is coming up. Okay, very interesting. Thank you, Arka, for your time. Very interesting. Thanks everyone for tuning in into Reimagining Mobility podcast series. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Reimagining Mobility podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.